Thank you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast, where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker. And you can grab a seat. We're doing what uh, Two Cities Church calls Vision Sunday. And this is a very unusual week for us. This is kind of a one-off sermon that we do. We just wrapped up, by the way, a study through the book of John. And as my wife reminded me, it was a really, really, really long study through the book of John. Well, if you think John was long, wait till you find out what we're going to do next. But this week we talk about, honestly, where we are as a church, what we've just come through, and we take a look at what's waiting for us in 2023. But because we're part of the global church of the Lord Jesus Christ, because our little C church is part of the big C church, Jesus's church, we have also to talk about where the big C church is right now and where our little C church is right now. And if I can just be honest with you, we're going to get very honest. We're going to get very um, humble about where we are, where the capital C church is. But if I can be honest, there's something deeply disturbing about Christianity in America right now. And if you were to take a half step back and look at what's happening in our country and look at what's happening in churches in our country, I think you would have to say something is not quite right. A lot of good happening, but there's also some things that really need to change. And because I've been around the world enough, I have had the chance to see much of the rest of Christianity in the world will follow the footsteps of the United States. There'll be a a couple of years or maybe a decade or two behind us, but heading in the exact same direction. So what happens here is infinitely important to what happens around the world. And today, what we call Vision Sunday is a struggle for me. Because I struggle with the very idea of churches setting vision. If you really believe that Jesus is high king of heaven, how many of you believe that? If he really is the high king of heaven, if this church is his people called out of society and called to live for him, then it seems to me like we don't get the chance to decide our vision. He decides the vision, and the church's job is to just simply do this on the screens right here, to align our vision with God's vision for his church in 2023. It really feels like if I were to say something that isn't God's plan for his church, then whatever we talk about today would just be wrong because he is the high king of heaven and we are his people, which means he calls the shots, not me, not you. If you're visiting with us, I really need to ask you, would you please come back and check this out next week because this one-off sermon that we do today is just designed to describe where 22 has 2022 what it's uh the impact that it's had on us where we are right now we'll get very honest about that and then what we believe 2023 holds for us but here's where we're going to go starting next week and this is really why you need to come back next week we tackle in my opinion the most important book in the bible 
next week, we're going to start studying through the book of Genesis. And we're going to start at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and we're going to cruise through about 50 chapters of that book, which means we all may be gray and uh, really old by the time we get to the end of the book, but hopefully your faith will grow, your relationship with Christ will grow as a result of this. So let's just get honest about where the church is, capital C, where Two Cities Church is, little c, and what the future holds for us. And what we're going to do now is basically look at where the capital C church is. And there's been this disconnect. You talk to Christians and it becomes pretty obvious what they view, uh, how they view their life and the way that they look at church seems to be disconnected. And that seems to be an issue for me. The, the life of a believer is to follow Jesus in all areas of your life, not just for one hour on Sunday morning. How many of you agree with that? which means our work and our worship need to add up together. And when I use the word work on the screens, I'm very specifically talking about what you do tomorrow from nine to five. I'm talking about the office, or I'm talking about your classroom, talking about a coffee shop. I'm talking about what you do with your hobbies. If those things are disconnected from church, there's a problem. And for millions of people in the United States, there is a disconnect between Monday and Sunday, between 11 o'clock on Sunday morning and 9 a.m. on Monday morning, and that disconnect seems to be an issue for me. By the way, it's not new. It's not unique to the United States in 2023. This has been going on for a long, long time. In fact, it's been going on all the way back in the Old Testament when the prophet Jeremiah tried to deal with this of God's people in Jerusalem. In Jeremiah chapter 7, he challenges them about the way that they look at going to church. And here's what the Bible says, Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 3 and 4. This, the prophet Jeremiah, speaking to the people of Israel, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says. Listen to these words. Correct your ways and your actions. Say the word actions out loud. Correct your ways, church, and correct your actions, and I will allow you to live in this place. What's the place you're talking about, Jeremiah? I'm talking about Jerusalem. I'm talking about the place where the temple of the living God is. But notice what God's problem with his people is. Notice what God wants them to correct. Notice what Jeremiah says next. Do not trust deceitful words, chanting this is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. And if I can give you just a little bit of background, at this point, God has pronounced judgment on his people. He has sent a foreign army. They are now outside the city and they're ready to attack. And the priests, let's just use today's language, the pastors are saying, can't happen because we're good people that go to church. We have the temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord in our city. It can't happen. Our city can't be destroyed because we're good people and we go to church. And what Jeremiah is saying to the people of Israel is, 
Oh, it's going to happen, and not you, not me, not anybody can stop it from happening, and you've turned, and I'm just going to use Jeff's language, not Jeremiah's language right now, you've turned the temple into a shrine, and you've turned Yahweh into an idol. You just broke the first commandment, and you did it using the God of Israel, and you turned him into a genie that when I rub the lamp, he has to give me what I want, and he owes it to me because I got up and I went to church. And because I got up and I went to church, he owes me that my family doesn't get sick, that my city doesn't fall into ruins, that the nation doesn't get defeated. And Jeremiah is saying, do you realize you're trusting in the wrong thing? You're trusting in the building that represents the God of the universe instead of the God of the universe that makes that building holy in the first place. And I don't even need to know you to know. You know somebody who kind of thinks, because I got up and I went to church, God, you owe me. You owe me when my grandmother gets sick and gets cancer. You owe me to heal her of cancer because I got up and I went to church and you owe me. You owe me when my family is struggling. God, you owe me because I did this for you by getting up and going to church. And Christianity, unfortunately, in America is plagued with what happened in Jerusalem centuries, many centuries ago. Because some preachers in America are preaching the same sermons that priests in Jerusalem preached. As long as you get up and go to church, everything is okay. And what they've done is they've separated going to church from the rest of the Christian life. In just a few minutes, I'm going to get really honest about some of the work that needs to be done at Two Cities Church. Stick with me to the end of this sermon. But what I do want you to hear is that over the course of the last year, there's many people that are no longer with us. God has done in Two Cities Church what he promised he would do on chapter 15. When he said, because I love my church, because I want the vine to bear fruit, I'm going to prune the vine. And some people moved away because the U.S. Army sent them somewhere else, and they're knocking it out of the park right now, reaching their community and pushing back darkness in other spots around the world. But some people no longer are going to Two Cities Church. They found someplace else to go because it was a little bit challenging for them. Because they thought, by getting up and going to church, I'm good with God. And that whole following Jesus, becoming a fisher of men, making disciples part of it, I don't do that. I just get up and I go to church and I pray during the week and everything else is okay. And they have done today in 2022 what happened in Jerusalem many centuries ago. They've separated work and worship. And when I use the word worship, please do not hear getting to church and singing songs on a Sunday morning because worship is an entire lifestyle. Elise just sang it. She just prayed it. It is our lives surrendered to Jesus Christ, which means worship can really only happen as a result of a changed heart. 
How many of you have made a New Year's resolution and you already know, I'm probably not going to keep it, but you made it anyway. Or you know somebody who made a New Year's resolution and you know, they know, six weeks from now, they're totally going to blow that off and it's not going to stick with them. Do you know why we often fail at our New Year's resolutions? We try to change our heart by first changing our actions. The truth is, until you change your heart, the actions really won't change. If you really want the actions to change, you got to change the heart. And Jesus recognized that. He recognized people's hearts can get twisted and distorted when it comes to worship. Listen, it's not that you intentionally tried to distort worship. It's just how sin can sometimes creep into the human heart and it can distort the way that we view worship. And it got so bad in Jesus' day that he had to fix the way people viewed worship by radically readdressing the human heart. He meets the most unlikely person, John chapter four. He meets a woman who is an outcast in her own society. She is a foreigner and they have this fascinating conversation about worship. And there's a couple of good Jewish boys that are listening to this conversation. And what Jesus says blows this woman's mind, blows the mind of these Jewish boys because it challenges everything that they've ever been told, all that they've ever believed about worship. And worship is something that we get up and we do on the Sabbath in a place called Jerusalem. And Jesus is like, hold on. I think you may not understand what has to happen at the heart level first before we can start talking about the actions. Because the actions always follow the heart. Rarely, rarely does it go the other way around. So listen to Jesus' conversation with this Samaritan woman this outsider in John chapter four. Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. For those of you who were studying with us through the book of John, you know exactly what's going on here. For those of you who weren't, let me give you just a little bit of background information. Jesus has met this woman. It's the middle of the day. She's an outcast. She comes to the well, hottest part of the day, doing the hard work because she knows if I go during the cool of the day, all of the other bickering ladies in town are going to be there and they're going to shame me and they're going to embarrass me because of the lifestyle that I've lived. I know I haven't lived the way God wanted me to. Jesus goes well out of his way to meet this woman in the middle of the day, sits down and has a conversation, and she immediately gets defensive. And she says, okay, I can tell that you're a holy man, and I don't like where this conversation is going. So her first response, and by the way, this still happens when you share Jesus today, her first response is to get into a theological argument with Jesus. Hey, you Jewish boys say that we're supposed to leave our land and go to your land, go to the city of Jerusalem, go to the temple and worship God there. But we live in the land that God gave to Abraham, Isaac, and his son Jacob. In fact, the water that you're drinking right now, Jesus, is from the well that our forefathers, Jacob, dug. And we think it's okay to worship God here in Samaria. You say we got to go to, you Jewish boys say we got to go to Jerusalem to worship God. Which is it, Samaria or Jerusalem? And notice Jesus' answer. It's 
See, neither. Here's what Jesus says to him. Or here's what Jesus says to her. Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You see, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. In other words, you haven't been around to hear the rest of the story. We worship what we do know. Because salvation is from the Jews. And then this is what Jesus says that blows everybody's mind. Her mind and his followers' mind. But an hour is coming. In fact, it's now here. When the true worshipers, say true worshipers out loud. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's no longer about a building in Jerusalem. Now it's about a changed heart. And if the, if the heart's not changed, get up and go to the building in Jerusalem until you're blue in the face. It's not going to make a difference. Jesus is saying, the heart has to change. And by the way, there's only one person that can radically change the human heart. And lady, you're looking at him. And she gets it. She gets it so significantly that she drops everything, runs back into town, and tells everybody who wants nothing to do with her, you guys need to stop what you're doing and come see the man who told me everything that I've ever done, all of my wrong, all of my mistakes, all of my sins, but he loved me anyway. And he changed me, and if he changed me, he can change you too. And really what God is calling his people to do is he changes their heart. So now it's not only about getting up and going to church on a Sunday morning. I'm not saying going to church isn't important. Corporate worship is an essential aspect of the Christian life. What I'm trying to say is that when Jesus changes your heart, you really can praise your Savior all day long. And you can do it in your living room. You can do it at the gym. You can do it at work. You can do it in a coffee shop with your friend, hanging out, drinking a cup of coffee, and engaging them in conversation. And that space is just as holy as this space is. But unfortunately, some churches have positioned the Sunday service, I like to call it the Sunday show, in such a way that when you come to the Sunday show, you're good. That's it. That's all God wants from you. You don't need to do anything else the rest of the week. Just make sure you're back here next week for the Sunday show. And that, unfortunately, doesn't replace praising your Savior all the day long that we just sang about. Jesus is saying, let me change your heart. And when the heart changes, you really can worship me all day, every day. If you listen to the language of Two Cities Church long enough, you're going to hear us say this over and over and over again. We believe God wants his church to push back darkness in their city, in their country, and to the ends of the earth. When you pray not uh, when you pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, you're actually praying the title of this church. You're praying the name two cities because this church represents the city of God, the kingdom of God that dwells in heaven. But we also believe God wants his church to impact the city, the second city, the city of man. We believe 
Jesus really did mean those words, God, we want your kingdom on earth just like it is in heaven, which means you want your kingdom to push back darkness in our community. Now, can we just get honest for a second? If you were to look at most of the statistics that would measure a church's impact, any church, all churches impact in their community, if we were really honest, we would have to say most churches, the churches collectively are failing their community significantly, making a difference and pushing back darkness. And over the last year, our church has shrank in size. There's more people tuned in online, praise God. They're tuned in from around the country and around the world, praise God. But there's a little bit less people in this room today. And I just need you to hear something from me personally. I would rather see 50 people in this room who are radically committed to the Lord Jesus Christ and serious about making disciples and pushing back darkness than 5,000 people who just show up on a Sunday morning, go home, and make no impact whatsoever. And the reason why I'd rather see 50 than 5,000 is because those 50 will leave a bigger impact on their community and they will leave an echo through heaven because they're really serious about making an impact right where God has planted them. Which means, third and finally, we can never confuse going to church with being a Christian. Christians go to church, don't get me wrong. But going to church, most of you in this room already know this, does not equal, going to church only, does not equal Christianity. And unfortunately, if you listen to some sermons, what you hear from some pastors is because you got up and went to church, you're good. It's all God expects of you. You don't have to make a difference. You don't have to push back darkness. Well, Jesus dealt with this, and he dealt with it directly, head on, in Matthew chapter 7. And I'll be honest, when I read these verses, it scares the living daylights out of me. The implications, because Jesus is speaking to church people here. He's not speaking to atheists. He's not speaking to the pagan that's going out and uh, living wild and not wants anything to do with Jesus. He's speaking to people that get up and go to church regularly. Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of the Father in heaven. And then just to stress this a little bit more, to make sure that Jesus understands how serious this is and how big of a difference this is between the two groups. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? And then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. What Jesus is saying is that there were some people that got up and they went to church. They did everything the priest in Jerusalem was telling them to do. They did it all. And at the end of the day, when they get before God in heaven, they're going to hear, I didn't know you. Depart from me, 
spend an eternity separated from me. And church, this weighs on my heart like two tons of solid bricks. What Jesus is saying is that there are some people around us today that are going to spend their life in church and an eternity in hell. And the difference is those whose hearts have genuinely been changed, changed so much that they're ready to roll up their sleeves and do the will of God on earth. And what I'm suggesting is that if you listen to some preaching in our community, I've heard it, in our country, and now it's starting to happen around the world, you will hear preachers saying today what the priests were saying in Jesus' day. And there are people that will get up and go to church for a lifetime and still spend an eternity separated from him in hell. And that means that there's, it's time for us to just get very real, very honest about where we've been, where we are, and where we're headed. In the last year, in 2022, there's been a lot of good things that have happened in Two Cities Church, but there's been a couple of real challenges that have happened. And I just want to tell you, there's been some amazing people that have moved away. We've sent them out to go make disciples somewhere else, and they're knocking it out of the park right now. There's been some people over the last year that have left because we've tried to challenge them. We've tried to place in front of them this responsibility for all Christians to make an impact. And they said, you know what? That's not me. Not going to do that. And they've decided, I'm going to go find someplace else to go. In the last year, our numbers have dropped. Our giving has dropped. And if I can just be honest with you, we're now at a point where we're dipping into our savings each month to pay the bills around here. By God's grace, we had a pretty large savings because of COVID and because we were forced to scale back, but giving still continued. We had a significant savings. We're now on track that before the year is over with, we will be out of money or we will be out of savings before we're able to finish the year, meaning we're not going to be able to pay the bills. And there are three specific areas that I'm going to ask you to pray for. There's one thing that I'm going to ask. I'm going to challenge one thing of everybody in Two Cities Church, and here it is. It's right there in that mobile app. It's at the very top of the page. The one thing that I'm going to challenge you to do is will you join our prayer team? We call it the prayer force because it really is the most powerful force on earth. God's people asking him for revival. God's people pleading with him for him to send his spirit and to awaken his church. And here's the three specific areas that I'm going to ask you to pray for in this order. Would you first pray that our church will grow in numbers of volunteers? We need more volunteers with our children upstairs. We need more volunteers loading in our equipment on Sunday morning. We need more volunteers leading groups. And volunteers come as the church grows. And so would you pray, would you first join the prayer team, and would you start to pray for more volunteers? Secondly, would you pray for the music in our church? Over the last year, Kayla, who's helped lead the band on stage, has left and she's felt called away. We knew that before she even started. And Pastor Troy has been searching diligently for somebody to replace her leading the music. 
would you pray for Pastor Troy as he continues to look for somebody to lead a band on Sunday morning? You can pray for Pete and Alish because I've been talking to them for more than a year now about the possibilities of moving their family of six from South Africa and to the United States to lead our music. Would you pray for volunteers? Would you pray for the music? Would you pray for the giving? Because some of you in this room, I'm looking at you right now, are sacrificial in the way that you give. You give well and above the tithes. You are blessing Two Cities Church. But listen, when we make this announcement at the end of our service that says, we're not a church that only cares about your money. If you're hung up on money, then don't worry, don't give. We're, we're not saying that we don't need your help. We do. And the finances are a struggle right now. But to be honest, if more money came in tomorrow, I would immediately start to put it aside to pay the bills. And when that money starts to come, I would start to set it aside to pay a salary to Pastor Troy, who has been working free basically since he took on a position here. This is where we are just shooting straight with you right now at Two Cities Church. But here's what I really believe God is setting before us in 2023. Because of Mark Hollis and his willingness to step in and to take over a role in our church, helping to coordinate ministry on Fort Benning, because of Pastor Troy, um, Mark Hollis, Troy, and I have decided we're going to focus a lot of energy and a lot of attention on what we believe is the most powerful resource in our community. That is reaching Fort Benning, pouring into those families, training them up, and when the military sends them somewhere else, sending them out to go accomplish the Great Commission. That's where our primary focus is going to be in 2023. Not just Fort Benning, but we're going to do the same thing on the campus of Columbus State University. We're already starting to do it through the ROTC department and through some of the athletic teams on the campus of CSU and doing the exact same thing. We're going to reach people, we're going to train them up, and we're going to send them out to go accomplish the Great Commission because honestly, that's the purpose of Jesus' church. And a church that's focused on anything other than that simply got off track a little bit. So a church that hangs on to people, that doesn't send them out, that doesn't set them loose, that doesn't set them free to go be all that God has called them to be, to do all that God has called them to do, that church is just holding people back and missing it. So what we're going to do is we're going to double down on Fort Benning. We're going to double down on the campus of CSU this year, and we really hope that God will bring more people here, and while they're here, we'll give them everything that we've got, and when, when they go somewhere else, when they graduate from CSU, when the military moves them somewhere else, we hope that they, they go away radically different than they showed up and equipped to go change the world for King Jesus. That's our goal. That's our hope for 2023. So would you... Take a next step. If you are a, not a follower of Jesus, if your heart has never been changed, you can get up and you can go to church until you're blue in the face. In fact, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord will make no difference in your life. You might hear at the end of your life, depart from me, I never knew you, unless Jesus has changed your soul. 
So in just a second, I'm going to pray that Jesus will change somebody's soul right now. But for all of the rest of us, would you sign up for our prayer team? It's right there at the top of that mobile app. It's a button right at the top. Just click the button and you'll see a place where you can join our prayer team and we'll start sending you updates every week. But would you invite one person? Here's my challenge for you. Would you invite one person to get connected to your life group and to get connected to Jesus and Two Cities Church because they're getting connected to you? and you're helping them get connected to your group. Would you make that commitment that you will do that with one person in 2023? If you do that and they genuinely start to make disciples who will in turn reach other people and do that with other people, in a few years, it would change our community. It would change our country. I'm telling you, it will change the world. And it will all be because Jesus is doing it not because you and I are doing it. He's just doing it through us. So would you bow your heads? We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.